0: All right, this is the last podcast I plan to be recording uh, on my own for a long time. Uh, Steve will, Steve is going to be out of vacation mode, and he'll be back uh, with the high-quality audio. But today's episode, first part is me and Allison Rife Martin, CPA. She's the owner of Rife Martin Accounting uh, at rifemartinaccounting.com. She's a sponsor for the podcast for the next month. One of the sponsors, and we're going to be doing multiple tax tips throughout the week uh, that she's going to be uh, coming on and sharing during the episode. Um, um, And so, uh, check it out. Let's get to the show. It is July thirtieth, twenty twenty-one. I forget how many days are in July. I think it's like thirty-one days. We got thirty-one. Yep, thirty-one days. And today I have my highest returning guest, Allison. Rife Martin, hey, and this is a special month, y'all, because Allison is becoming a sponsor of the show uh, in August, and we're gonna do some weekly tax tips um, that we're gonna that we're gonna cover. And this tax tip today, y'all, is amazing. Like a lot of people wonder how rich people pay so little in taxes, and it it boils down to understanding tax code and then playing the game accordingly. So, so um, Allison's gonna talk about how to pay little to no taxes legally. Right. Uh, so, what do y'all always say, uh, CPAs? You say uh, tax avoidance is not right, but tax. What, what's the, How do you, How do you say
1: it? it? Is it is actually how to avoid uh, how to legally avoid paying taxes? You know, within the confines of the rules. Um, I can't think. Oh, not. It's not. It's tax avoidance, not tax evasion.
0: Yeah, that's the <laughs> difference. Yeah, that's, yeah. Because tax evasion is bad. Tax no, avoidance. I was gonna. Is legal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm.
1: pretty sure that nobody looks good in the color orange if they're thinking tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> nobody.
0: <laughs> so let, so let, let, let's talk about this because it's interesting. You brought this up because I just was talking about. I was talking to a client that works in the bank, and she went to the um, the high net worth department to to, to cover for somebody. Uh, in, in the loan department, and she's like, Philip, it's a whole new world. Like, they just like they just collateralize everything and live off the money, which is kind of what we're going to talk about. So we literally were talking about this this week. I was like, yeah, it's just, they, op- they operate on a whole different, like, planet than regular everyday people.
1: They do, but you know what's interesting about, the, the strategy is called buy, borrow, die, which seems kind of funny, but it's a strategy actually anybody can implement. But the basic premise is you buy an asset and if you think of high net worth individuals, they're buying investments like, you know, major uh, investing in stocks and bonds or, you know, cryptocurrency or whatever kind of investments, or even like real estate property. You put a mortgage, something comparable to a mortgage loan, you collateralize the asset, have a loan, you live off the proceeds, using that to fund your lifestyle, you know, your uh, operating expenses, your living expenses. And if you structure it right, you can conceivably deduct the interest expense um, for tax purposes. Um, Upon your death or your untimely demise or your passing away, um, the estate will pay off the loan. The asset will get a step up in basis and then you can pass it on to your heirs at that stepped up basis. And there's no capital gain tax on it and your, your heirs will be happy because they're getting an asset that they don't necessarily have to pay, potentially don't have to pay capital gains tax on. It's a great strategy to think about. And again, high wealth individuals do this all the time and it's, it's a wonderful way to do it. But again, we too can, you know, the, who are middle income Americans, anybody could do this. Um, it's, it's comparable to owning a home and taking out a home equity line of credit to fund like a roof repair. So it's a great strategy.
0: And I and I imagine doing it, you, you need to make sure you have accurate accounting records of of, of what you're yeah.
1: doing. Oh, exactly. I mean, you can't, I mean, it's not like you can just go out and do willy nilly. But but again, yes, accurate records for tax reporting and just record keeping purposes, especially if you're going to pass the asset on to an heir. You yeah. want to make sure they've got records of what it's worth. But again, it's a great strategy and it's a, it's a smart one too. It's a great way to pay as little tax as possible.
0: Well, and and it's and it's interesting because when I when I sold life insurance, you know, I would I would um, you know, when we talked to high net worth people, like that's a big part of why they bought life insurance. They especially for their companies, they would use the cash value as collateral to invest in their business or, or um, buy real estate or buy properties, and um, you know, at death, the life insurance policy paid off the loan, and the net proceeds went to the beneficiaries, and or they might have a different you know, other policy because a lot of them, like, since I don't do life insurance anymore, but I still do, um, uh, you know, investment accounts. Like I have clients who will pledge collateral on their investment accounts or pledge their investment accounts as collateral um, to, to do different deals. So they have their money working for them and still growing in the account. Right. So that's because, 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 right. If you, if you're, if you're, if your balance sheet is earning 10% a year and you use that as cash, well, mm-hmm. then you no longer make the 10%, right? right um but if you if you borrow against it um you know you don't lose the 10% you don't pay taxes right um you can live on it or invest it so it's yeah you're right it's it's pretty cool
1: and i was going to say that and as you you made me think you know the only way this really does work is if the interest rate on the loan is lower than the expected return on the investment mm-hmm. so if the interest rate is like 10% and the investment return is 10% doesn't make sense. So you'd want to make sure that you're working with your investment advisor and, um, you know, a more, some kind of like loan officer who can help you come up with, a, you know, a great strategy that way too.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that is a great strategy. So um, if, 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 if someone were to start that process, uh, I imagine that um, what would be the first step?
1: I think the first step would be for you to talk to your investment advisor and your CPA at the same time and say, you know, I really want to figure out how to pay as little taxes as possible. And I have a whole big, I have money that I'd like to invest. Philip, what do you think I should invest in? And then we'd say, you'd say, well, you invest in whatever it is you feel is appropriate for them based on their overall goal of having, you know, to be able to fund their lifestyle then we would you know introduce them to a to a loan officer or you know some some kind of package deal something like that and then move on from there
0: okay no sounds good the second part of the episode is just me by myself giving some giving my thoughts and ideas on a few things first I'm gonna cover three topics first topic is um, so I had, a I had a meeting this week with a new client and, uh, they're, you know, couple they're doing fairly well in investing in real estate. I mean, they are knocking it out the park in a relatively short period of time, very motivated at this, um, at this young couple, uh, doing, doing big things. And so the question came up, you know, uh, basically asking, you know, why should I invest in a portfolio of. Stocks and crypto, when I've been doing so well in investing, because specifically with the stock portfolio, the returns are uh, from a diversified portfolio uh, expected to be relatively lower than what they've been getting in their in their real estate. And you know, my response was, "You're like you're right in the sense where um, you should absolutely expect your returns to be lower in a diversified stock portfolio than it's going to be in a Actively managed real estate portfolio that you're doing because when you look at passive investments, you just have money, right? But when you look at you building a business or you investing in real estate, there's an active component so that is a sweat equity component of you putting in time, and then there's a money component. And let set aside the fact that you should always bet on yourself um, over other people, but those those extra two components it can give you an enhanced uh, return, but you know, having having liquid money, having access to, to liquid money is also very important because you never know when an opportunity might come. There's people who have made, you know, I use Henry Ford as an example. Early on, when Henry Ford needed money uh, to, to produce his vehicles. He had a couple of friends that put in some money and that money turned that money got turned into a fortune because they knew Henry Ford very early on. And believed in him, and believed in what he was building, and I turned that into money. So it's, uh, and 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 you can choose to keep all that money, all that dry powder in cash, but at, you know how I feel about cash. They're printing tons of it every single year and making it worth less. And so it just makes sense to keep that money in a liquid individual brokerage account that's growing. You know, put some stocks in there, some cash, some bonds, some crypto and a couple things it it will be available for you you know potentially when you need it in the future and you can also pledge that asset as a collateral like uh uh, that Allison and I talked about in the previous segment um which a lot of wealthy folks do right because it it, you know you, you you use it not just for um you know living off of like like Allison mentioned but you can you know you can tap that to invest in other investment opportunities that you want to, that you want to use by borrowing the bank's money. So that is a, um, that, that is my answer, right? You have, it, it it goes back to my principle of a third, third and third, right? That the old Jewish principle that I like to quote often, a third of your money in real estate, third of your money in business, which I call stocks, third of your money in, in reserves. And so, you know, what I basically say is, you got to have some some dry powder, uh, but but for me, you know the 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 dry powder, the reserves, it's a combination of stocks, bonds, cash, crypto, right? Um, and stocks also kind of fit in that uh, business bucket, along with my own business uh, and other businesses that we might start, uh, and of course, real estate is a part of the portfolio. Next topic that we want to cover is uh, alternative investment opportunities, and so. Um, I, uh, since I work with clients who uh, do well financially, they are often pitched investment ideas from businesses that need capital. And I, I followed the rule that Warren Buffett made popular called the one foot hurdle. And what that what he says is I only look for one foot hurdles. And what he's actually saying is I look for easy stuff, layups. I don't want to over, overthink an investment and, um, uh, so a, that that allows you to say, hey, if I don't under, fully understand this business and how it works, then I'm gonna stay away from it. The second component is just to understand how finance works, really how venture capital works. And so, if when you think about the companies that actually like were revolutionary and made lots of money for their private angel investors early on, they're the companies that you know once it was apparent that they were such a great idea. Uh, even before they hit the public markets, you couldn't get into it. So Facebook, good luck trying to get into Facebook You know before they IPO because every venture capital investor with hundreds of millions of dollars wanted to get in or billions of dollars wanted to get in. Uh, same with Uber, uh, Robinhood, just IPO. Good luck trying to get into Robinhood. You know, there's businesses as simple as like Popitos that I love. That's a great product. And it's hard to um, uh, find out who you got to, meet to invest in a Papados because it has such a great brand. And so what you want to know is if if you're being approached by a company that has a great pitch and it sounds like, oh, this is a great opportunity, just understand if they're pitching you and you're not managing hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, um, then that, that's probably, you know, you know, it's probably not a good investment. That means they can't get capital from large pools of capital because the idea is not the business is not as quote-unquote foolproof as the pitch right there might be great salespeople but the business might not be a good business now don't misunderstand me there will be like one in a million of those businesses that do end up doing well but going back to one foot hurdles I don't like those odds so I'd rather stick with um you know what I know And, and um Again, outside of like if you're a friend of Henry Ford, like, so if you have a friend and you believe in that friend and you know that friend is successful and smart and they get it and you can bet them and you know them, you might just be betting on the friend um, um, early on. But I'm, I'm speaking of specific people you don't know pitching you ideas. Um, the easiest way to bet it is just think through, hey, why are they not tapping big fund money if the idea is so fleshed out? Here's the last topic we'll cover and it fits within what I just covered before. It's, you know, if you wanna make big wealth, you, you, you have to develop the ability to attract money from other people. And so there's, there's no big fortune that, that's not that, that, that was made without, without starting with um, savings, right? Either somebody's own savings or the savings of them plus, plus other people. And in order to, to attract um, other people's money, you have to have strong character because people need to trust you. You have to um, have confidence. You have to have a good plan. You have to ooze it out of your soul. Like you have to have the confidence and the, the magnetism in your body where you can just attract people to um, to organize resources towards your vision, which means you got to really know what you're talking about. Like you, you can fake it with some people, but you can't fake it for, you know, you can't fake it for people, um, with, 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 good resources, right? Cause, cause they smell it. They can tell, um, don't get me wrong. Like I said, there's some, there's, there are people who get ripped off. I mean, Bernie Madoff's a good example. He ripped off very, very, you know, wealthy people, but anyway, so it's possible. Um, if, if you're like a really good con person, um, uh, but in but in, but in general, like if 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 you think about all the greats, the John D. Rockefeller, the Mark Zuckerberg, the Jeff Bezos, the Elon Musk's, you know these, and and even just name, you know X Y Z person, you know who built a successful business, you know that attracted capital, and capital can be capital from the banks, right? Because that's that's getting money from the banks. Um, you know, there, there are people who like you have to develop a skill, develop strong character, um, develop magnetism, develop a good product and a good plan to attract capital to use to make lots of money. And I mean, that's that's a uh, that's a skill that I think everybody should develop, even if you even if you don't uh, want to use other people's money like you want to. I think I want to always have the option to use other people's money. Uh, it's a useful skill set. But that but that is the difference between the super duper wealthy and just the regular rich people. This is meant to be uh, my thoughts and opinions. I'm a registered investment advisor, Stonehill Wealth Management. Uh, these are just my thoughts, my opinions, not meant to be investment advice. Investing involves risk. You need to seek counsel before making investment decisions. Um, I hope y'all enjoy your day and your weekend. And until... When is that? Until Monday, I'll enjoy your weekend.